everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of The Rodcast, the official podcast of the Rodman Steel Studio. I am your host, Emily Beatty McMullen, and this week I am joined by the fantastic Seth. Seth, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? <laughs> it's great to have you here. Are you uh, excited to tell the world your story today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's not much to tell. I just started playing drums, you know. Like a like, year ago. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last week I started playing yeah, drums. Yeah, yeah. And, and he just got amazing so quick. YouTube. It was all YouTube. Yeah, right? actually, yeah. Social media. It yeah, was 100%. Wow. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even play drums. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear uh, how that started. So let's start with the easy question. What do you do here at the studio? So I teach percussion. I teach mm -hmm. drums. I teach, you know, Latin percussion. I teach all sorts of styles. Mm -hmm. But and you also play some gigs with us too. I also play. Yes. I play some cool, some cool Sinatra tunes. Yes, we've been we've been uh, hired to do a lot of jazz, so he's been pulling his weight with jazz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and we've really enjoyed having Seth on board. If you or anyone you know is interested in a percussion lesson, sign up. Uh, you can get your first one free with Seth. So go to RadmanSteel.com. You can get a free lesson. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about your actual story with drums. When oh, was yeah, your, okay. when did you start okay. doing drums? So I started I started playing drums back in about middle school. It was like seventh grade, <laughs> and I just got like I got for Christmas. I got a set of <laughs> drums. It was like an eight hundred dollar. It was Tama Imperial Star. It was my nice. first kit. It was nice. great. It was great. Uh, and I and I broke all the cymbals on that. Oh no! Uh, yeah, yeah. They were just cheap. It came with the drum set, uh -huh. B8, you know, cymbals. Uh -huh. and, and so then I upgraded to a set of Sabian AAXs, and that was like I was like rocking out. And then I started mm -hmm. getting gigs. I actually played in two bands. Wow! In, in high, high school? school. In high school. Wow! Yeah. yeah. I mean, percussionists are always in demand, so I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. not surprised to hear yeah, that. Yeah. And then the bands got in a fight, and I left one. Yeah. Actually, I, I joined the another. Yeah. <laughs> drama. Yeah. Tell yeah. us more about the drum drama. Okay. Okay. So like lead singers always want to be the lead singer you yes, know and so so when you're thing. in like a rock ensemble you've got to let the singer be the singer yes you know mm -hmm. and sometimes when you decide to have two singers mm -hmm. uh, you know th it's, it's conflict doesn't you know, work it doesn't, out doesn't work yeah. yes okay well that's actually hilarious not gonna <laughs> lie i was in a band in high school but we weren't that good and i think we only played like two gigs total y yeah. and one of them was a church camp thing okay so. okay you know i <laughs> actually did play i played like a church lock-in yes so that was that was a throwback that was fun lock-ins are quite an experience but anyways okay so you started playing drums in seventh grade mm -hmm. was that the first instrument you ever played it actually wasn't. I was really mm -hmm. bad at piano. So my parents... My piano! Parents, more piano! <laughs> <laughs> my parents are actually pianists. Oh, okay. And, and so I was forced to play. Okay. I, I got never got past a few books, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't consider myself great. And then I started playing, you know, marimba mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And I got a little bit better, but that was later in high school. Mm -hmm. So, like, I didn't really touch keyboard instruments mm. really at all through middle school or beginning of high school okay. I was just drum set only playing mm -hmm. to like you know I played to a lot of old Christian bands yes. kind of just what I would find the solid uh Phil Keggy and Stephen Curtis Chapman yeah you know actually Switchfoot was my go-to if you know if you know what that yes is, I know Switchfoot Switchfoot is like a big deal I actually went to a John Foreman concert once oh yeah he John was Foreman's like incredible. it wasn't yeah. all of Switchfoot it was just John Foreman but he was playing this like really small gig in San Antonio it was like it was like him and some dudes in a, like in a bar type mm -hmm. of thing and that was like a really cool show actually yeah yeah he's, really he's a great singer-songwriter yeah like, they've got some they've got some it's actually really cool to have percussion hits. to that too if you ever yeah. want like, a challenge you know yeah like, looking at music like that that doesn't even have percussion a lot yes. of times and singing yes. you can add uh so I did a lot of things like that and I got really into uh uh like pro like 
logic, you know, mm-hmm. in like music production. I just kind of mm-hmm. had fun working with that. And I got mm-hmm. really into synth design in high school. Yeah. And so I got really good at kind of those, those skill sets too, but mm-hmm. I mainly focused on percussion because mm-hmm. like around my junior year, I started uh, uh, taking lessons Okay. Like with an actual teacher. Okay. So I didn't start until later in high school. Okay. So I was so I like I knew where I needed to go mm-hmm. to get where I needed to be to you know. Wow. Be a professional. So bef- so okay so seventh grade to eleventh grade you were just like self taught. I was just self taught. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So okay, that actually makes me wonder though because you were playing if you were playing set mostly that whole time, and you didn't do as much like you know classical mm-hmm. percussion instruments. What like. What made you decide to major in music? Like, where did the classical kind of come from? Well, so when I when I started out taking percussion lessons, I was really kind of like, I think orchestra would be a really cool opportunity for me to, to have an avenue for me to go down because my parents were classically trained. Yeah. And I thought, let me do that too. Yeah. And so I, uh, I said, where do I need to be to like go to a conservatory? Mm-hmm. And so my teacher, you know, in, in Chicago, uh, Vern Spivak, mm-hmm. who's, who's a great educator, mm-hmm. uh, he he was like, okay, you need to get into the, the youth symphony, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll try for it. And they had different tiers of the orchestra, mm-hmm. and I applied for the, the. I thought, okay, I'll get like the second tier, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get first tier. And I take the audition, and and I was like, okay, they gave me second tier. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out someone dropped out to join so a competitor, <laughs> and so then I got to the top tier nice. orchestra, and I was like, this is amazing. That's like this so is great. this is just like incredible. So now I'm I'm playing with all these professional a lot of people who are now professionals in wow. orchestras you know in high school that's and, awesome and i'm just listening how old awestruck. were you at that time oh i was uh i would have been like 17. yeah, yeah okay yeah. so like junior in high school yeah because yeah. this is the teacher that you started taking with yeah okay yeah. got it yeah. so did you play with them for the last two years of high school then so yeah my last two years of high school i played i played yeah that's so fun and then so backing up a little bit you mentioned you're from Chicago. We hadn't talked about that. Did you grow up in Chicago all th- as a kid? Yeah, I did. I grew up in the suburbs. So I grew mm-hmm. up kind of like in the Evanston area. Yeah. And then later in my, like when I was in high school, I moved to the Aurora area. So like that's okay. kind of where I grew up. So okay. I was never really in Chicago. Yes. But I am from that area. From the yeah. Chicago area. Yeah. yeah. A lot, I like a lot of our students who are, they don't live in Dallas, but are like yeah, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm close. I'm clo- I was always kind of the suburbs. Yes. That was kind of my life. Yeah. Yes. Makes yeah. total sense. Uh, okay, so I'm getting a picture. You you get a drum set for Christmas. You play drums, self-taught for like four years. Mm-hmm. So when you started taking lessons, was your teacher like, "Here's the list of all the bad habits you have"? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when I first started, uh, I, w- I was just like all over the place. I actually, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I developed. It felt like carpal tunnel in the oh, moment. Wow. Like I, there was days where I couldn't play before I had lessons. Oh no! It was actually really bad. Yeah, yeah that is. And bad. so my teacher was just like here's what you got to do because you need to get your hands in shape you yes. know it's like you can't keep playing like that or else yeah. it's going to be you know you're going to damage yourself <laughs> yeah yeah, and, yeah. I, and that's what i was doing mm-hmm. and so i really got it in shape and then i started you know discovering the other worlds of percussion i started mm. playing hand drumming and i had never seen like i had never actually played congas mm. until I t- until i started taking lessons yeah because i had just never seen them before uh anywhere uh, and I should also mention I was homeschooled through high okay. school too, so okay. that's another thing. So I didn't have that same avenue to maybe like a high school instruments too. Yeah. So you didn't, you weren't like playing percussion in a school orchestra where they're like, this song you do this thing, and this mm-hmm. song you do this thing, that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't do that. Yeah. A lot more independently yeah. motivated. I was, I was very independently motivated. Yeah, yes. I was, I was kind of just like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. How can this work? You know. So when you were playing with the youth orchestra. You weren't the only percussionist in that orchestra. No, no. Okay. There was about four or five okay. of us, and 
you know, we would we had sectionals. We had our own percussion section mm -hmm. that would play ensemble pieces, and it was led by a, a really well-known percussion oh, nice. percussionist who's written a lot of really good works. And we got to premiere some works by the That's composer. That's so fun! So, what yeah. an awesome opportunity! Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So in that orchestra, did you switch off a lot of different instruments, or did you kind of have a couple that were like your main instruments? Yeah, we got to play everything. Okay. That's we played nice. everything. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah what a great educational opportunity for you and everybody else in the in the percussion section. Yeah. That sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess like going on with my story, mm -hmm. yeah. if I go on to college, so I was taking auditions mm -hmm. and you know, I get to that point, you know, where you decide what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. And I was getting my test scores back and it was like good and I was like, okay, I can do pretty much, you know, any direction I mm -hmm. wanna go. But I was just like, why don't I pursue music? Because mm -hmm. it's that much more of like a challenge. Yeah. And like everyone's always like, oh, it's so hard to, you know, yeah. do this and I'm it like, is. it's, it sounds like a fun challenge and mm -hmm. it's like I've always been motivated by something that's the most difficult path because yes. I feel like there's always more opportunity there. Yes. So I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I applied to, you know, all the top schools. I applied to Juilliard, mm -hmm. I applied to Eastman, all the schools that I saw like were like the big name mm -hmm. schools. Uh, I, I applied to DePaul in Chicago mm -hmm. too. I also applied to a Christian school, Wheaton. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I applied to all these different kind of like, you know, a, a wide range of good schools that gave me a lot of opportunities to kind of pick and choose specifically mm -hmm. where I wanted to focus, but also be competitive. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I didn't get in the Eastman or Juilliard, <laughs> yeah. but I did get in the NEC. Yeah. So, and so, you know, I, and, and I got a really good offer that's and awesome. I was like, this is, this is incredible, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, that's how I basically ended up at NEC. That is so <laughs> cool. That is such a fun thing. I, sometimes I wish that I had like tried more for like dream schools, I guess. Cause mm -hmm. when I was in high school, I thought I was like a really bad student cause I had a lot of really studious friends. <laughs> and so I thought like, oh, you know, like I'm not gonna go to MIT. Like I, I'm not gonna get into Harvard or UT Austin. Like yes. I'm, you know, I'm not at that level. So I applied to like a lot of smaller schools and that kind of thing. And, and I got in everywhere that I applied mm -hmm. and I got a lot of like pretty competitive scholarship offers too, which was nice. It meant that I got to do my undergrad for free, but I did kind of have the thought of like, man, maybe I should have applied to Princeton and Yale, <laughs> you know, like maybe I should have tried that. Yeah, but, there, uh, there's always that want of like, mm, what if, yeah. but then there's the, the, the pain of like, why? You yes, know, if, if, it's yes. no, if it doesn't work out, yeah. but then also there's, you know, you always have that dilemma of yeah. these, the, kind of these three different options yeah. that may, uh, three different outcomes, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, if you're a high schooler at home and you're thinking about like where do you want to go to school whether you're studying music or not you know if if you want to do psychology just go ahead and apply to some insanely competitive programs just just do it because it's, it's, the worst that can happen is you just don't go there <laughs> you know, yeah you know? I, yeah it's it's work but <laughs> yeah. I mean if you're willing to put in the work yeah. then like, and if you are I mean if you already have your other college applications going you know, it's not like you've got to go out there to audition if you're not a musician. Yeah, but like so. speaking from the musician, like mm -hmm. the musician's perspective, at least from what I was mm -hmm. doing, like because yeah. I had to go and audition, I had yes. to show up yes. and I had to play yes. something. And and you know that that that's taxing. Yes. And if you're taking like 20 schools, yeah, that's a there's, lot. I don't see any way that you could actually, yeah, you know, have you any be good able auditions. To apply to that number, you know, and sure. and you can do that with Ivy League, like with the like I don't know what the name of the application program the options the are. App, yeah, the yeah. Common App, like you mm -hmm. can do a lot of applications but with music you know it's like yeah. there's more auditions going online with accepted and and uh, mm. these different uh, you know audition platforms where you can submit videos yeah. to audition but 
it's still it's still really time consuming to go in person to audition. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely the case. Yeah. So, so you I still can apply for like a million different schools. Yeah. But definitely try for at least one or two that you think you absolutely can make. Yeah, you've got, you never know. You've got to you've got to shoot for the best you can. Yeah. Uh, because those were the best opportunities mm-hmm. lie. I, I mean, that's just if you can make it there. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be in you're not going to be in the running if you mm-hmm. don't at least get yourself in the door in the first place. Exactly. If if that makes sense. Well, so. and you and I mean even more simply, like you'll just never know if you don't try. Like you'll mm-hmm. never know. So you might as well try. But yeah. 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 But and it worked out for you going to NEC. Yeah. Yeah. So so, <laughs> so yeah. I ended up at NEC. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I had a lot of cool opportunities to do a lot of cool playing with mm-hmm. a lot of big players like even yeah. like I had gone from the youth symphony and I was like these are the the best players in Chicago in yeah. high school and I'm playing with them and then I got to NEC and like these are the some of the best on the east coast and mm-hmm. in the world these really are even bigger fish <laughs> and it's like and it's just like this is this is daunting mm-hmm. and I just continued to just like you know glean really off of these other musicians who were who are just geniuses you mm-hmm. know and I got so much education from being kind of mm-hmm. in that that ecosphere yes a- and I really I really benefited from that yeah uh, it was it was a it was a fun experience it was, mm-hmm. it was challenging at times yeah like like it's it's no joke that like to grow you have to be challenged and in, in, in yes. a lot of moments it's it's difficult yes you that's know. absolutely true so talking about like growth and that kind of thing um, what did you decide? Well, what was your major? So my major was uh, percussion performance. Okay, so percussion I, was a perf- I was a performance major. Got it. got it. So what does that look like at a school like NEC? Okay. So you've got a lot of rep classes. Mm-hmm. You, you've yes. got a class for almost every different style, including okay. electronic percussion, okay. like music programming and things mm-hmm. like that. It it's really spans the entire sphere. Mm-hmm. But then you also have classroom work classes. Like I had to take actual uh, liberal art classes mm-hmm. in my undergrad. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them were taught by you know Harvard professors and mm-hmm. people who had taught at some of the greatest schools in the country. Wow. And so you had access to kind of like the the intellectual capacity that can also influence your musical education mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and and then I also had you know world-class composers as theory professors mm-hmm. so they knew what the cutting edge of composition was mm-hmm. and they were also teaching you know yeah. you know music that's theory awesome. so that's kind of like what you have to go through mm-hmm. with classes kind of overall and also the history professors you know yeah. were also I'm you know sure. very well, renowned and, and well published so yeah. you had access to like first-hand sources that have seen kind yes. of like actual documents and, and yeah. written scores. Well, and probably a lot of them, you know, there's something special about going to a class where, it, it can be a double-edged sword, don't get me wrong, but there's something special about going to a class where the professor is literally using their own textbook that they wrote <laughs> because they are the expert. You and know, that's... It's, it's really, it's, it can be a blessing and a curse because sometimes I, I, you know, I had a theory professor that he, he used his own textbook and he was very much like, all about himself and a little, you know, definitely more on the arrogant side and uh, not very approachable for that reason. But I also had some history professors that had contributed a lot to the textbooks we were they were teaching out of. And when when it works out well, it's really cool because you get to like be like, oh, this section in this book was really interesting to me. Tell me about when you researched that or when mm-hmm. you collaborated with this person that researched that. Yeah. And you get yeah. to hear all of that stuff like firsthand from people. It's like it, it makes your music education feel like you are living the cutting edge. It makes you feel like you're like experiencing the field so firsthand. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, you know, there's something about taking a textbook approach versus <laughs> taking kind of this this field approach yes. where you're really kind of witnessing it firsthand. And I've always had the more of the field approach, I yes. feel like. I've always had that effect. So it's hard for me to kind of weigh the two sides yeah. of someone who's really following a specific pattern that's seen kind of like a trajectory of success versus, you know, kind of the open-ended Yes. approach yes but I, I i think there's value in both of them and it really yeah. just depends on what you think you grow from the most mm -hmm. yeah so. well and it depends also on your field like i'm sure i'm sure you had professors that had both of those backgrounds you know and now depending on the field like i think it makes a huge difference like you know when it comes to music history it's pretty hard to like be a renegade and not really try to operate outside the system when it comes to research mm -hmm. and that kind of thing because there's just all of these things that you kind of need to do to build trust with people as far as yeah. publishing papers and doing your research in a specific way. Uh, not to say that you can't be creative and innovate, but still, like, there's just expectations for the field that you kind of have to adhere to. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to, like, performance, where there's so many different ways to perform, so many different avenues, so many different, uh, you know, technologies involved with that. And, you know, a great school will recognize that qualified professor candidates can come from a variety of those backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, and I'm so glad you're here with us because like you, with your percussion experience, percussion is such an interesting field because, uh, you know, it's not like piano where it's just one instrument. It's so many different instruments. You know, mm. you're expected to be proficient on like everything basically. Yeah. And, and all those instruments are used in different settings with different genres and different contexts. And so you kind of have to be an expert on all those things. And I, th I think it's so cool, the, the variety that there is with percussion. Yeah, so. there's, a, there's a lot of different avenues. And, you know, that's what, you know, I really was learning, especially my undergrad, mm -hmm. is where I was taking classes with different people from different avenues of, mm -hmm. of perspectives about how they're playing music, you know, and, and the techniques are different, but there's a lot of the same. They're, they're a lot of the same. Yeah. So it's like once you learn kind of the established techniques, it's easy to continue to, you know, mm -hmm. reuse them for different, you know, different avenues of percussion, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, well, and it probably also makes it feel more accessible because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, if I want to start playing in this new genre, I don't have to like totally relearn the instrument. I just have to tweak a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like if you're going from like, you know, vibraphone to mm -hmm. xylophone, you know, there's not a whole lot of crossover. It was, there's a lot of crossover yeah. when it comes to technique. You know, there's not a whole lot of variance. But if you're doing four mallet, you know, there could be different techniques that are more applicable for different styles mm. on both instruments yeah. and, and even marimba, too. So, you know, there's it, that's where kind of like this knowledge that has to be over encompassing comes mm. into play that yeah. you have to know, OK, this will be more applicable because of this person's you know proficiency in the style doing it this way. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the best way to assess a lot of different yeah. like how to approach different techniques yes. in, in, in percussion yes. is to kind of start with what is what is someone doing and then how can I apply that to mm -hmm. my own technique and, and my own knowledge? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure a part of your education both formal and informal has been building up that knowledge base of like these are the techniques these are the situations what can i pair with what that makes sense and why would i make that decision you know mm -hmm. that's like i think the most textbook definition of like being a be, being a creative person who is a critical thinker you mm -hmm. know who's able to play their instrument well and be an expert is having the knowledge to not only be able to do something hard because yeah. that's obviously a part of it but also yeah. that uh sort of like taste i guess and mm -hmm. and experience to know like this is this is what works for this situation yeah 
yeah. this is what people have done here before mm-hmm. uh, or or maybe they haven't and I'm trying something new you know mm-hmm. but that's the knowledge that you gain by doing a lot of formal study and and just having a lot of experience listening to other people and knowing what they're doing when they're playing yeah so yeah I, I yeah. for me most of it's just to feel it you know yeah. it's like I, I'm, I'm assessing it I'm like okay how can I make it sound like that yeah. you know constantly recording yourself is like yes. the easiest way to just really assess yourself mm-hmm. if you're just recording yourself yeah. you'll get a good idea with, with how you sound yes so <laughs> yes well and like I mean recording yourself is super painful when you oh, don't it's have not, it's not when fun. you don't do it a lot well and like I've started to do a lot more recording with my students lately in the last couple of months I've been like man I haven't made enough recordings of my students we got to record each other more so I can play them their their uh, their work and it's so interesting to see the variety because a lot of the students I teach are pretty young like mm-hmm. seven to nine years old and uh, that's like young enough that some of them are like not really that self-conscious anymore. Yeah. Or, or not self-conscious yet, shall I say. Yeah. I so, should mention too that like that's, if we jump ahead past all my degrees to what yes. I'm doing like currently, Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm right now working with the Dallas Symphony and I work wow. in the young musicians. Yeah. Okay. So I work, I work with young kids too. Yes. You know, I, I teach people, you know, kids yes. in fourth and fifth grade. Then too, I'm so. sure, I'm sure you've <laughs> experienced this too of like, if you ask a little, little kid to record themselves, like, they might not even be self-conscious when they hear it. They mm-hmm. might be because they've grown up that much. But like mm-hmm. I've had, I've had a couple of little ones where we'll play and they'll listen to it and they'll be like, "That sounds awesome!" And yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, it does." <laughs> Hold on to that feeling. Be yeah. confident yeah. about yourself. It's amazing how you can <laughs> ask someone to if you play a major key, you know, that sounds yeah. happy. If you play a minor key, it intuitively sounds sad. Yeah. And it's really, it's really, it's really cool mm-hmm. when you can make those musical connections, yes. especially to other things like words mm. or visuals, yes. different senses, food even, you can make, yeah. you know, we can make connections with music, yeah. so. Well, and I would, I can't wait to hear more about this. So let's move <laughs> forward in time. Okay. We got, we got sidetracked, so <laughs> yeah, let's move forward. So you studied at NEC, yeah. uh, when did you graduate? Uh, so I graduated in 2018 okay. and then I went down to Florida. Okay. And I actually studied with Ted Atkats okay. uh, down at Lynn University. Okay. So that was that was a lot of fun. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I got the you know I learned a whole lot of stuff just especially playing with an ensemble that was semi professional. Mm-hmm. The, the school you know operated a little bit differently than most master's programs. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of opportunities to play mm-hmm. at. In, in the community, learn what it means to really pack up gear into a truck yeah. and take take it <laughs> yeah. on the road. Yeah. You know, it's like I got to get you know logistics of percussion because that's yes. a huge aspect yes. that I think a lot of people forget. Yes. That you know, at some point, most percussionists have to think about how they're going to get from point A to point yes. B with all the gear they yes. have to play. You know? I'm, I'm very spoiled to not really have to think about moving my <laughs> instrument very <Yeah>. often. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm not jealous whenever I see all the all the cases with all the drums, even just moving like a drum set, not even worrying about like all the orchestral stuff. Yeah. It's like it, uh, it, and then uh, international tours. That's oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no. That's like they have companies that do that, yes. which is just just amazing. I mean, I'm but. sure they make a lot of money cuz at a certain point, I bet you're just tired of it and you're done. <laughs> I I don't like from my perspective, I don't ever want to have to think about shipping stuff internationally. Yeah, but, oh you my know. gosh. It's almost like, let's just buy another set when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Uh, okay, so you did that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some, yeah, what are some like big takeaways you'd say as far as like interesting people you met, interesting experiences you had, one or two things that stand out to you? You know, learning the, the social aspects of, mm. of the musical community yeah. can be, uh, as daunting as it is exciting, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of strong personalities in yes. the music world. Yes, That's something are. you just have to always be aware of. Yes. And, and you know, 
I, oftentimes I don't, I'm not aware of that, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like it's kind of funny. It's like I, I've, I've learned through having my own big ego at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's that's that's part of being a musician is having, you know, a, a sense of your style. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so important. And I think that was one of the biggest takeaways mm-hmm. from people that I learned really in my master's degree was like, what is my identity I'm playing? Mm-hmm. And really, that's what you want to get out of a master's degree program is yeah. like, how am I, you know, you, there's so much to learn in music that especially for me, my undergrad was just me really grasping what I was getting into mm. because it's so, it's so complex. Yeah. Percussion is very complex. And so when I got to masters, I was like, okay, now that I've learned all this stuff, how can I package it? Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part because every musician needs to have a product mm-hmm. because we're playing for others. We're yeah. creating, we're creating art yeah. that's live so people can only listen to it. And if it's recorded, they still have to listen to it. Yeah. So, you know, it's really important that we think about that throughout the process. And that was really what hit me hard in my master's degree yeah. was just just creating that that yeah. sense of, of who I am. I, I'm, I'm gaining the knowledge, obviously still adding to it because yeah. there's still always more oh, to learn. Oh, well, yeah, that's But, that's but also yeah. t- turning it into, okay, what's the practical looking like? You know, working in the music world, being a musician professionally, how am I gonna make my style? How am I gonna mm-hmm. make my career? That kind of thing, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's a, that's a huge part of gr- uh, growing as a musician, especially if that's going to be your career. Yeah, so yeah. Um, your master's degree, mm-hmm. was that also in percussion performance? It, w- it was the exact same thing. Okay. It was just a master's degree in performance. Okay. Yeah, got it. And I had I still had academic classes. You mm-hmm. take a lot less, and it was just I was performing every week, you yes. know. And I had mandatory solo performance requirements and, mm-hmm. and ensemble requirements. So, yeah. you know, you still have the same type of rigor. It's just super focused on you. Yes. You know, that's the thing about master's is it, it's, it, t- it dials away everything that people are educating you on, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, dials up what you need to be showing. Yes. So Yes. Well, and that was the case for me, too, with musicology, even though I had mm-hmm. no performance requirement at all. <laughs> well, a, not a music performance requirement, I guess you could say. Had a lot of other okay. things I had to perform <laughs> on <laughs> when yeah, it comes yeah. to writing and research. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, that was definitely the case uh, for me too. So, but yeah, awesome. Okay, so you're in Florida. You did your master's degree there. Mm-hmm. What brought you to Texas? So Texas, I actually I came to SMU because it's like it's a really strong program mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like really good opportunities. Yeah. To like get established in Dallas and mm-hmm. there's a lot of gigs here in Dallas and yes. I was really intrigued by just the live music scene here. Yes. It, it's so it's so present and it's, mm-hmm. it's really rich and there's a lot of respect for it too. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've really liked about Texas since I've been here is mm-hmm. just so even, even well, during COVID it wasn't, it, it yeah, slowed down quite same. a bit. Yeah. And, I, and I actually came here during COVID because mm-hmm. I came here in 2020. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like, oh, everything's kind of quiet. Yeah. But like there is still this, this quiet live, like where it could happen safely. Yeah. Like it was still happening. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so I was able to watch quite a bit of it. Uh, and and then of course now it's it's just amazing We're to see back up a yeah lot. it's amazing yeah. to see how cool it is here just yeah. all the music and and the opportunities you know yeah so yeah. that's really what drew, drew mm-hmm. me to Texas yeah so. so what are you studying at SMU so I just finished another performance degree nice so yeah so this that was my seventh and just, eighth year he just plays yeah. all the time <laughs> just loves to play yeah <laughs> that's I mean that's my that's my life yeah. you know it's like I I talk through music primarily you yeah. know and that's always been like how I've created like art mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, the, you know, just trying to figure out what I can do here in Texas and yes. really how I can, you know, bring some great opportunities to education and just mm. being able to establish kind of and in, in, in really inspire other people mm. to continue on pursuing, uh, you know, their goals. Yeah. You know, I, you know, it's it's like that's what you're going for. You need to make sure you go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and 
with teaching, we get to do that all the time because we have so many people that are literally coming to us asking for not only technique mm -hmm. but also advice yeah on all sorts of things yeah and and that's that's music mm -hmm. yeah because i i for me i've always i've always been music first mm -hmm. life second yeah but but that's not that's not always the case that's yes. not always the case uh you know music is first but you know it, you should also think about that inspiring you know mm -hmm. life is inspiring yeah. music and if you're using life as inspiration for music then we're going to be on the right track musically. Mm -hmm. But then we need to figure out how to dial in those skill sets. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like that's the education aspect mm -hmm. that I'm really I'm really intrigued by. It's yeah. just being able to set someone down and be like look what you could look what you can accomplish, yes. you know. And and yes. also look how you can expand your mindset mm -hmm. within music and a lot of other people's that have, you know, creative really creative blossomings at a feelings level. Mm -hmm. uh, for for the future of music too, yeah. because that's what we're creating as teachers. Yeah. So it, yeah, that's that's really been my my new passion. I, I love performing and I love creating and writing, mm -hmm. but like teaching and inspiring others is like is my it's primary awesome. focus. Yeah. Just whatever I can do to get other people to have like yes. their intellectual fire to actually go and do. Yes. You know. Yes. Well, and that that can bring us back to your current job. So mm -hmm. explain to us what you're doing with with that yeah so i uh, i teach through um uh, independent school districts in south dallas and i worked with it's el sistema is the name of the program mm -hmm. and it's it was very popular in venezuela and it was actually created in venezuela and uh it's a really strong program that allows kids to be able to get training at a young age and be able to go from small sectionals all the way up to a single day every week that they can play with a full ensemble mm -hmm. and really become en engrossed in what it is to see like someone who's in high school mm -hmm. who's actually going to music school and oh look you're like you're only a few stands down from that person and you're all playing together mm -hmm. and it's this inspiration that you know one musician inspires the next that inspires the next and this is done at such a rapid pace when they're all together so mm -hmm. that's the program I'm teaching yeah uh, through the Dallas Symphony and it's okay. it's, it's been uh, it's been really, really, really That's fun. That's awesome. How long have yeah. you been doing that? So I actually just started. Okay. A few, yeah, a few uh, this year. So. That's awesome. That's so cool. So, do you do do they do that during school or is it like an after school? Thing? It is an after school okay. program. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So how many kids are in it? In our program, there's about 30 kids. We okay, wow, that's a kids, good size. Yeah. Oh my gosh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and I don't know the entire size, but mm -hmm. I do know for at least like where yeah. I'm teaching. Yeah. Is that just one school? That's just one okay, school, wow. yeah. That's yeah. awesome, it's, it, ha it has a great response and a lot of really, really positive results. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll keep our eyes open for yeah, absolutely, performances yeah. we can come and watch because oh, yeah. that's yeah. so, that is such an awesome <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I can tell, I'm sure anyone listening can tell you clearly care a lot about teaching you're you clearly are really passionate about sparking joy sparking that creative uh, inspiration like mm -hmm. we've been saying uh in younger kids in students um did you did you have any other teaching experience like before you started this or was it like this is the first foray into teaching you know it is yeah it's i have teaching experience mm -hmm. with a lot of high school like mm -hmm. march i've done marching band like front ensemble stuff i did that in undergrad and i got some experience teaching uh i i haven't really ventured into more you know like getting people that are in high school ready for college per mm -hmm. se yeah. but I've, I've been doing a lot of you know 
like private teaching a little bit on the side, but not as much mm -hmm. as I've been focusing mostly on just performing. Yes, so yes. I've been looking more at getting into teaching and that's yeah. kind of, I've becoming more established in teaching yeah. as of late, so. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you're teaching with us because we're so glad to have you. And uh, yeah, we can't wait for you to get some more students in your studio. If you want a lesson with Seth, <laughs> get a lesson with Seth. He's amazing. I'm sure you can already tell the first one's free. Go to ramasteel.com. Get a lesson. Uh, okay, so we're getting towards the end of the interview. Mm -hmm. I know we're getting tired of holding the microphones because <laughs> we don't have stands. <laughs> but I, so I have just a couple of more uh, questions to ask. The first one is, uh, most musicians, you know, we've had some odd jobs because mm -hmm. we have not always had the most steady income stream <laughs> uh, or, you know, had a weird job in college or something like that. So, uh, when it comes to career experience, it can be music, it can be something that's not music. What's the weirdest job that you've had? Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I used to sell lawnmower blades. Actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so <laughs> niche. I love that. Tell yeah, me about so, the lawnmower blades. So I worked at like a small engine and tool <laughs> store and, and it was mostly just like lawnmower companies came in and we had like the best aftermarket lawnmower blades, oh you know, gosh, so you, you'd it. get the best prices. And so we'd sell, I'd, so I'd have to, someone would come in and be like, okay, what, this is what I've got out front. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what it needs? And mm -hmm. I sort of go through a huge book or look mm -hmm. up online and I try to figure out you that know, is awesome. what blades you need. Yeah. That was, that was actually my first job. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that is a great, like that is such an interesting first job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Parts oh, look up, babysitting, you know. no. Working at Taco Bell, no. Lawnmower blade salesman. Yep. Yep. I love that, that's so yeah. cool. Do you, do you have like a memorable interaction from that? Uh, lots, but you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, there is really, it was really a fun job, you know. Yeah. It's just getting to talk to people yeah. and really getting to, you know, it was it was a rewarding experience yeah. and it was also it was challenging at times you know because yeah. people get hot outside when they're lawn yes. like especially if your blade if your blade breaks yes. and you got to get a new blade and you've been outside in the heat yes. all day yeah it's not you're it's, irritated people come yeah. in already annoyed <laughs> yes well yeah. that's like like my husband used to fix cell phones mm -hmm. and computers and like so many people they come in and they're already annoyed because yeah. they broke their phone and it sucks <laughs> like having a broken yeah. phone is yeah. the worst yeah that's that is the but, worst yeah yeah so well i'm glad that overall it was positive that's a great odd job. Might be the coolest one. I don't know. It, we've had a lot of cool odd jobs. Yeah. We had a, sol a solar panel salesperson. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, we that's, had, that's interesting. Let's see. We had a scuba instructor. We have had... Um, I haven't had any cool jobs other than singing demo tapes for choral music, oh, which nice. is the weirdest demo tape ever to sing. <laughs> listen to my intro interview if you want to hear about singing demos for choral music. Um, yeah, that's a pretty awesome one. Lawnmower okay. blade salesman. That's amazing. I wish that that had been on your resume. I would have asked a question about it. Anyways, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, you should, gotta leave it on there. I know, I should leave some Just oddities Just leave it on like there because yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. But anyways, okay. So last question in the interview. You play percussion and that is like not one instrument, but kind of like a million instruments because mm -hmm. it's percussion. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you, I, and I don't know if we, you have other experience on another instrument we haven't talked about, but when you're thinking about yourself as a musician, uh, if, if you were to be able to work hard on another instrument, get good at another instrument, what would be your next choice? If it, not percussion, not anything you've studied. Hmm. I would have to say probably like 
it'd probably be some weird instrument. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. uh, music production is not an instrument, but yeah. it would definitely be a primary instrument yeah. if I could pick a different mm. avenue. Yeah. Just because it's so you know synthesizers, like yes. like you know being more proficient at keyboard playing. Because yes. I'm so intrigued by you know the digital realm mm -hmm. of, of music production, and you know we have mallet cats and things like that. Yeah. But it's not the it's same. Not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. So I think if I could pick any other avenue, it'd probably be like in mm -hmm. synthesizer yeah. as as my instrument. So basically, know. you're saying piano. Basically. That's what I hear you ba saying. Basically. Piano is, is extremely valuable to <laughs> it's learn. It's super it's useful. Always, it's always, if you want to do music theory, mm -hmm. it's the best basis. You know, marimba's close, yeah. but there's something about tactile function. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. even encourage, you know, percussionists to always have piano at least going mm -hmm. on at the same time or before they yeah. start playing. You know, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I, I love I love hearing people say piano <laughs> is the instrument they would love to learn. So great to know that uh, you agree, even though it's not really piano. It's mostly synthesizer. It's, it's mostly and synth sound. Yeah. And synthesizer and sound is a totally different world than like, you know, sitting down to learn classical piano or even sitting down to do like rock piano or something like you know, Elton John, like yeah, even like, that is like a whole different world. You know, if you're learning what like attack, decay, sustain, release, yes. if you're learning like the difference between a sine wave sound and yes. a square and a totally soft different. Tube, well, and, a, and, and even with like live production and mm -hmm. having like loops going and, and, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, those sorts of tracks. World, exactly. That's, that's a big, that's a whole education right there is yes. creating a, a live set that's yes. functional and, and uh, successful too. Yes. And working with sound engineers, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. That's a whole avenue of yeah. education that, you know, every modern musician has to learn yeah so yeah well or should learn i have yeah. i have done like very little with electronic stuff as a pianist because i don't know if you've realized this but uh for a, a lot of piano instructors that teach at university level are very like old school mm -hmm. when it comes to like no you're only going to do like beethoven and rachmaninoff and you know maybe like prokofiev or something you know stylish in 21st century but it's very much like Oh, a chord chart? Never. <laughs> so, and that was definitely the experience I had as an undergrad student. And yeah, so I yeah, have been like, like woefully underprepared. If, if somebody says outro, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're it's, fired because it's yes. a coda. Yes, you know? yes. It, but, you know, yes. it can be an outro. <laughs> Yes. It could be an outro because a lot mm. of professionals use that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. it's knowing when the set and setting is yes. for a lot of this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I could definitely pick your brain about production stuff and, and live tracks and that kind of thing. Because I, well, I haven't even really played much on, like, electronic keyboards because almost all the performance experience I have is with acoustic instruments. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm sure you know a lot more about that than me, even though I can play the MIDI keyboard better than you. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's something I really enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't have a degree in it, yes. but, you know, it's just something that I've spent my entire yeah. time while also studying yeah. music doing on the side. So. Yep. Yeah, I have a lot of knowledge. Yeah, that's hopefully. awesome. That's awesome. If you want to learn production, <laughs> take some lessons with Seth. Maybe. I actually my my I had a student right before this mm -hmm. and he was coming in. He's been he's played bass and guitar for years, but he wants to do piano to improve his music theory knowledge and cuz he's interested in getting into production and he wants to be able to input with a MIDI keyboard and yeah. I'm like we can get you there. Yeah, there's the, the so. technical aspects. Once you get yeah. those established, then it's yeah. like the creative aspects. Yeah. But like, you can't have the creativity mm -hmm. until you have kind of basically. You the need the building station. blocks. You need yes. the station to be able to create. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I might send him to you once he outgrows <laughs> me when it comes to production, because oh that'll be fast. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in today, Seth. Oh yeah, I thank you. Appreciated having you on the interview. This a good talk. Yeah. Do you have final words for the viewers? Uh yeah, this was fun. It's my first podcast. 
podcast ever. So first podcast got, ever. So yeah, don't listen to anything I said as being truth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, we'll dig it up in 10 years and you after go. you've done like 50 <laughs> other podcasts. Well, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah I do podcasts and podcasts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, that would be fun. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week. Uh, we have a couple more instructors for you. Glad we've gotten to introduce you to almost everybody on the team. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for watching. If you want a lesson with Seth, like I've said a million times already, go to robinsteel.com. Your first lesson is free. And we'll see y'all next week. Bye. See ya.